BSB OT Some Number, recording with my friend Gregory on a night after the New York Rangers went down 2 nothing, and then miraculously, uh, thanks to their brave leader David Quinn, stormed back 5-2 to two to win against the Washington Capitals in a game that you would consider, if you were out there and hoping that the Rangers could make the playoffs, a must-win scenario. Greg, how are you today? You know, we're what, 35 seconds into this podcast, and yeah. Yeah, we're not them talking yet. about Francisco Lindor? That <laughs> yeah. seems a little ridiculous. <clears throat> it does seem a little ridiculous. Let's let's get this out of the way. So we're recording this early um, for two reasons. Greg has opening night for the Mets, and I have second vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I have second vaccine shot, and I expect to be sleepy boy. Um, I got, I'm getting I'm getting first shot tomorrow too. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be right. I'm going to be right there with you. My experience from first shot is your arm is a little sore, and that's it. My experience. That's it. Yeah, I I know second shot horror stories are what I've heard the entire time. I, I I'm expecting it to be like the tetanus shot, but I'll, you know. Yeah. 90% worse, probably. Yeah, but it, it can't be worse than what you're going through right now with Francisco Lindor. Uh, obviously. Not fun. Uh, you're, it's by the way, you're listening to Blue's Breakaway, number one New York Rangers podcast, started the Patreon. Uh, it's been great. Thank you for all the support. Now we're back to what matters. So it'll, three... be, it'll be great when we have an episode just dedicated to Francisco Lindor living on the Patreon. People can really get their jimmies off. <laughs> uh, no, it sucks, but back to the Rangers. Okay. Speaking of things that's Proud of you. Um, not the Rangers, am I right? Oh yeah, well, not, I, not Adam I'll Fox be, I'll either. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the game in spurts. Mm-hmm. I had movie night with some friends. Yep. I I figured I'd watch a movie. Yeah. Perfect Storm for those wondering. Uh, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Very, classic. It's, that's exactly what happened with the New York Rangers. A perfect storm. It was. It was a perfect storm. The Rangers were the storm that sunk the Andrea Gale. That is the Andrea Gale. That is the uh, the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like playing the David Quinn game today. I really don't. I'll do it, it for it's... you. I. <laughs> it's. It's actually something I feel pretty strongly about right now. Uh, oh mo- boy. I know. Listen, it, it's just important for me to get this out of the way. Right. That's it. Look, one, two, and we'll, we'll move on with our lives. You have to give credit to David Quinn out there. If you slander him, you know who you are, Greg. We, Greg, we talk about them all the time. If you slander the man, left, right, and sideways, when the Rangers are down two nothing, I'm ready for this game to be an absolute blowout. And yes, is the reason they stay in the game, Igor Shosturkin? Absolutely it is. But you have to give some credit to David Quinn for playing the correct lines and matchups and doing the right thing and getting his team motivated to score five unanswered goals against... We've said this before, but the Metro is very good and the Capitals can compete with any team in the league. Anybody. Period. End of story. They're very, 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 very good. And Alex Ovechkin, <laughs> you're never going to believe this, is a legend. And he's, he tends to get shit done. The Rangers nullified the entire offense. Uh, Adam Fox continued to be just tremendous. Kapokaku is getting hot, legitimately hot, for what seems the third time this season. And you have to give Quinn some credit for for some of the matchups. He triple-shifted Kapokaku. It happened. Kapo played on the first line on the left wing. He played it on the, the kid line for a second, and then he went right back to Stroman Panarin. He saw the goods. It's something we complain about all year, like, oh, he's not playing these kids more. Kako played more, and he played great. So what are we, what, Lafreniere to get enough ice time? I'm sorry. There's not that much going around. Quinn did a great job last night. Just give him two cents. That's all I want to say. Get it out of the way. Yeah, but the problem is you're making that argument today mm-hmm. where after practice, David Quinn says there just isn't room for Vitaly Krasov in his lineup right now. So it's, I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree with you, but today's the first day where I'm super critical of David Quinn because I I personally, I hate the hot hand fallacy. 
I don't think Phil DiGiuseppe, short of him scoring a hat trick last night, and then if it wasn't Phil DiGiuseppe, it could be Colin Blackwell. But short of Phil DiGiuseppe scoring a hat trick last night, there's just no reason to allow someone like Phil DiGiuseppe to be the guy that remains in the lineup over Vitaly Kravtsov. I understand that I'm probably talking about eight minutes of ice time, and it's negligible in the grand scheme of things, especially with how David Quinn utilizes his bottom six in close games. He ignores it. We've seen it. It's why people complain about ice time all the time. But yeah, I, I get the Rangers get think. Run. I get the Rangers. I get the Rangers think they're in a playoff race. I get that they're. It's not like Phil DiGiuseppe did anything wrong. But it. I like Phil DiGiuseppe. This this isn't me coming off as someone. No, we actually criticizing gave a lot of acc- accolades to Phil DiGiuseppe yeah, at the beginning he, of the season. He's he's very good, and I've enjoyed Julian Gauthier getting run with Heedle. And Lafreniere, even though the metrics hasn't really liked that line very much recently. But I using a win, like if the Rangers lost that game 2-1, to one, Phil DiGiuseppe could have done nothing wrong. Phil DiGiuseppe could have scored the one goal. I guarantee you Quinn makes the lineup change to get a different look in there for the New York Rangers. It's, it, it's, it's difficult. It, it, it drives me a little mad when any coach does it. And this isn't just a thing that happens in hockey. Um, Tom Thibodeau sticks with Alfred Payton over guys like Emmanuel quickly because the Knicks have some success, regardless of what Alfred Payton does. The the Mets, occasion, not occasionally, the Mets will always go with whoever they deem the quote-unquote hot bat. doesn't matter who that bat is. doesn't matter who that bat is getting more at-bats over. If it's Dom Smith, if it's Jeff McNeil, if it's J.D. Davis, whoever it is, the Mets will always play the hot bat. drives me bonkers. It, it's... It's the it's the longstanding argument in any sport. Is it did the Rangers win because Fieldy Giuseppe was on the fourth line last night? No, no. Will the Rangers lose if Vitaly Kravtsov subs in for Fieldy Giuseppe? It's the Buffalo Sabers, so I hope not. Yeah, it, it's it, it's impossible. It, it's an impossible game. I can't sit here and say that he's wrong, right? I I think he's wrong, but the Rangers did win against a super talented Washington team that will probably finish first or second in the division this year. Uh, unless the Bruins catch fire Rip all it of off. a sudden. And they might because they have about 27 games left with the Sabres. But I don't know. I, I don't. I can't sit here and say because the Rangers won 5-2 to two last night that Vitaly Kravtsov needs to sit another game. That that That's a ridiculous statement. I'm with you, but to counter your point, it's not really even a counter. It's just a fact. We've seen this over and over again with Quinn and every single coach in the NHL ever. If, if the Rangers lose last night, Vitaly Kravtsov is playing on Thursday versus the Buffalo Sabres, period. End of story. No questions about it. But since they won, and they won in such a dominating fashion, whenever you win that way, when it's not close, when you just blow somebody out, it's like hockey, I don't know, uh, what is it? What, what's the word for breaking tradition to just stick with it? What it is. You, you, if you break it, it's, it's sacrilege. There you go. I think I got that one right. Uh, where it's, you had this team. They performed really well against a great team. You're not going to change anything from the lineup. So I expect Igor to start. I expect everything. Even though, and we'll get to this in a second, Igor is tremendous. And I think you know, our good friend Larry, who we end up bringing up on every podcast, wrote a great article six days later after the clock was ticking for Igor today, saying the Rangers have to ride him, uh, which they do. But if you're not going to start Georgiev against one of these Buffalo games, I have no idea when you're ever going to start him again. Truly, I have no, I have no clue. It's a... Uh, I see where you're coming from. I, I feel the frustrations. I want to watch Kravtsov. 
I, it's I, not. It's so. That's the thing. It's not even frustration, right? Like I'm. Not, I'm not kicking and screaming. I'm not I feel. I am frustrated, down. but I get why Quinn did it. I understand. I can read the lines as to why. He even said. I think this is important to to say because we've made the Kravtsov jokes on the fourth line like a million times already. He, he said he's a, he's a third liner above player. I don't want to get him time on the fourth line. I was like, okay, well, let's let's play him. <laughs> and then that's not happening probably till Saturday at this point, or maybe later. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. It, it I don't. I, I, all I'm saying is it's fair to be critical because yeah. we were out here saying. Quinn himself said he wanted to get Kravtsov practices. Well, he practiced today, and that this this reached the threshold for Quinn saying he wanted to get his looks in with Kravtsov. So it, it's difficult. I, I I don't think I'm giving off the impression that I am furious about it. No, you you are um, not. Trust me. But people listening I, to the show I know think, that you are not furious. Yeah, I I just think it's totally fair to be critical of this one, and uh, it's I appreciate what Quinn is saying in terms of. Kravtsov needs to be a top nine player or bust, essentially. I agree. I can't say as much. I'm a big Julian Gauthier boy. There's no situation in which I think Gauthier should be eating up minutes that could rightfully go to Kravtsov. Um, it's difficult. I I don't know. I just, I, I personally, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when a coach just says, well, we won last night, so I can't change it. That's, it's. That's a fallacy that is just non-existent in sports. Non-existent. It's true. It is sort of a gambler's fallacy. It, in the long run, Kravtsov will be part of this team, and Phil DiGiuseppe likely will not be. Or Kravtsov won't be here, and he'll be in Buffalo. And one of those two things is true. That, that's, those are the really two, the two outcome options for Vitaly Kravtsov and, on the New York Rangers, and we'll see exactly how that plays out. But the Capitals game, I think, was telling. The Rangers have a chance to make the playoffs here. They really do. It's going to be slim because the Bruins continue to win, and uh, the Flyers are the Flyers. By the way, and I know we've talked a lot of Lehman Yo, that guy is a train wreck. A mess. Oh, a, I love it. I know. And I, I know we've talked a lot about Lehman Yo, and it's weird to talk about a former coach so often. It almost seems like we're obsessed with him. But, Greg, uh, some of the stuff that's come out has been, like, incredible. he scratched his number two overall pick, and the reason why he they wanted to get, quote-unquote, Give uh give Nolan Ryan a pre- was it Nolan Ryan Nolan Ryan oh my God Nolan Patrick I did it wow. I pulled the Sam Rosen unbelievable excuse excuse me excuse That's me Nolan Ryan Nolan Ryan uh, uh, they they wanted to give him a break nine World Series champion so the they so they scratched or rather they waived Ghost Bear Gosses Bear and to to yeah, put to, to put guys to give them a day off are we kidding me bro unbelievable he what he's doing to the Flyers right now is magnificent levels of destruction. Carter Hart, Gossespierre, everybody. I, if I was a Flyer fan right now, I'd be jumping out the window. It would be. <laughs> I, I, we couldn't even do this podcast, and we did it when Elaine Mignot ran the Rangers. Unreal, dude. Truly. Holy shit. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's worth touching on Gossespierre because I'm a big believer that all that's missing is the system. I'm not, not saying he's like a system player, but we have mountains of evidence to suggest that Elaine Vigneault just doesn't know what to do with defensemen that play a more offensive style game. Mountains of evidence. I understand that Shattenkirk had a knee injury his first year as a Ranger, but it's not like Quinn was putting him in positions to succeed. We know what happened with Keith Yandel in the year and a half that he was here. We know what's happened. We happened. I get that Dan Boyle was on the tail end of his career, but Dan Boyle was a perfectly capable NHL defenseman until the year he came into Elaine Vigneault's system. 
it is remarkable how Elaine Vigneault sees a piece that doesn't quite fit his technique. And instead of trying to change his style, it's just the player's fault for not adjusting. And he casts that player to the side. The, I knew the Rangers couldn't claim Ghost. They, the money just doesn't work out. They would have had to find someone to take all of Brendan Smith's contract immediately. And it just wasn't going to happen, which honestly is fine. It is inexcusable that the Red Wings, the Senators, and the Kings allowed Goss to spare to get through waivers. Not just because it, it, for the contract is probably too much for a player of Goss to spare's caliber. Someone that in the perfect system is getting third pairing minutes while maybe seeing some power play time. Mm-hmm. Um, Four and a half million dollars, not what you should be paying for a player of that ilk, but there's a chance Gosses Bear turns it around and he can be once again, a top four player. It's just a free roll of the dice, especially when he can easily be a guy you expose to Seattle and Seattle would have to think long and hard about taking him in there's themselves. Doesn't he only make only like a million? I'm not a cap this. expert or a math guy yeah. or smart at all. Doesn't he only make like mm-hmm. a million and five? If something happens, no, he makes so his cap hits four and a I half. I know it's four and a half. He makes, he makes three twenty-five. Okay, so it was right there for the Senators to save a million and change on "quote unquote" real money. Um, it just doesn't make sense not to make not to take the chance. Yeah, that's he, what, a player. A Gus couple years ago, good. we were like scared of being in our division for many years, and. I, I, I'm not a Shane Gossespear expert. I'm truly not. I'm not an expert on anything. But from what I know, he's quite a serviceable player. And, and at $4.5 million, especially getting a discount, I was truly shocked when he passed through waivers today. But at the same time, I don't know what else I expected. It's kind of like dead dove in the, uh, in the bag. Rested in yeah, the it, am, I, am I shocked? Yeah, it's, but at the same time, the NHL does everything possible on a daily basis to remind us that they have no idea how to, how to use asset management. It's crazy. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. It's the other thing. Some someone in our mentions today was like, "Well, I wonder if other teams would be interested in Gostas Bear if they were ju- just to trade for him, and the Flyers were to eat money on the contract." All right. So why didn't again? Why don't the Senators or Red Wings just take that? If there's if there's trade interest for Gostas Bear, take the four and a half and tell other teams you'll eat half of it. Those teams aren't going to be good for the next two years. Yeah. They know they're not. It's good in asset the case of the Red Wings, they are openly admitting they won't be good for at least three to four years. Fine. There are ways for you to get more assets if you don't plan on being good for those years. And Gostas Bear, you can give him as many minutes as you want, and you don't care about the end result. You can just, if he's cooked, you can find out for sure. And you have the cap space to eat that contract. And if it turns out he's not cooked, but teams are uncomfortable trading for $4.5 million worth of Shane Gostas Bear, Eat the two, eat the fifty percent, eat the two million dollars in change, and get a better asset in a trade. It's this isn't rocket science. I'm not saying I'm smarter than NHL GMs, but I I see this. I understand this. You could buy a, this a draft pick with Gossespierre, I think, pretty easily. I really do. Yeah, the Rangers. The Rangers got a fourth for Brendan Lemieux. Rangers, I think well, Shane Gossespierre will get Greg. more value. The Rangers got a second for Mark Stahl. Like, no, they didn't. No, they traded a second sorry. with Mark. Stahl. They traded a second with Mark Stahl. My apologies. Yeah. Oh, oof. Yeah. Psychopath. Psychopath. That would have no, been insane. But it's, I think Shane Goss's bear will provide more value to whichever team he goes to next than Brendan Lemieux over the next two years. Fact. The Rangers got a fourth round draft pick for Brendan Lemieux. That's not even a, that's not even close. That's not even an argument. My, I don't know why the Mark Stahl, I don't know how I thought the Rangers got value from Mark Stahl. 
getting off his contract was the value. My apologies to everybody out there. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about uh, Dom Alphabet Suits, uh, kind of Norris rankings and stuff like that. We'll be right back. Uh, transition. And we're back. Okay. I don't know if you saw this on The Athletic today, a uh, place we, uh, we do hang out at pretty often. Uh, Dom Lushishin had his uh, award ceremonies uh, for, for where we are in the season. Not going to believe this. Adam Fox, first in the Norris. Hmm. Also, I believe he's eighth for the heart. Is why did it only take two weeks of great hockey to ever, everyone to realize? I don't understand. I don't think every, I don't think everyone's realized. We have, it, we're I just, think Dom's realized, but well, Dom is smart. As we've seen, Dom has different opinions than mainstream hockey media. But Dom is just mainstream. because just because Dom sees the value, just because Marat saw the value last year. There's oh. a reason why Marat was the only one. Marat's the truth, it, bro. It, really, it, it doesn't. It, it's. No, I just be, I, I think we need to be careful about um, people we interact with, people we follow, giving Adam Fox the love. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean Adam Fox is giving the love around the league. Um, it's I, I, like at this point, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I expect Dom to say that Adam Fox deserves Norris because, again, Dom watches the game in a similar way that we do, where he's evaluating everything that Adam Fox is doing, and it's not just looking at his point totals. But again, Adam Fox, what is what, what's he up to now? Uh, 12 points in his last five games oh, or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and he had another great goal last night. He's Insane a great goal. hockey player. Insane goal. But the games, the games where Adam Fox doesn't show up on the score sheet doesn't mean that Adam Fox is having a bad game. He does something every night that helps the New York Rangers win. And I don't know what it'll take. I mean, I do know what it'll take for national media to recognize him. Um, I, it'll take something like a point-per-game pace. It's just they, the way the mainstream hockey media evaluates defensemen is broken. But then again, a lot of the way mainstream hockey media evaluates anything about the game is broken. I don't want to see people using plus minus to justify a player's worth or ability or talent on a given season. I don't want them saying that points matter for defensemen. I don't want when you ask a mainstream hockey writer to think critically and to think outside of the box. They're challenged a little bit. And quite honestly, it's refreshing to see someone like our friend Rick Carpinello speak so glowingly of Adam Fox because we love Rick. Rick will be the first one to tell you that he's an old head. It Adam Fox on a nightly basis makes Rick reconsider what value is for defensemen. The problem is we can't make everybody watch the Rangers on a nightly basis. That's true. And I, I don't blame them for not doing it. I understand. There's... This is a weird year because you don't get to see these wonderful players from other divisions. Like, I, I truly, we've said this before, I have no idea what's going on in the West. I, I saw uh, Eric Carlson eat an apple the other day and say, I've been better player than this. But I have no, I've, I've never, I haven't seen any of his play the entire year. I have no idea if he's good or not this year. I only know his name. That's it. That's all I know. Um, in this situation, the Rangers go the next two games against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, one of them on April Fool's. We expect two wins, hopefully. Do we want them just to win tonight versus the Flyers so that, you know, and it's a back-to-back for the for the Buffalo Sabres if I'm uh, if I am correct. So, whew, if the Rangers lose one of these games, actually, I'm not going to be that mad. It's very Rangers for the, the Rangers to lose against Buffalo Sabres in one of these next two games. I just don't see it happening in any scenario because the best chance the Buffalo Sabres had was when they were up 3-0 against the, 3-0 against the Flyers and the Flyers came back. Uh, I don't know if Buffalo wins another game this season, and I don't know if I'm kidding, which is insane. Uh, where do you stand on on Buffalo versus Rangers? And if, if is it the end of the world if the Rangers lose in the next two days? Well, five Nationals have been 
uh, diagnosed or yep. deemed close contacts with COVID. Honestly, I, uh, I don't worry. I really don't worry about it. I know what Twitter is going to look like if the Rangers lose one of these games to Buffalo. The thing is, Buffalo, as bad as they are, and they are bad. horrendous. Yeah. Um, they're not going to keep losing forever. They can't. It's statistically and, like not possible. They have to right really turn one on like that. It's going to be tough because it's a back to back. Like this is their tonight's their national televised game with the Flyers at seven thirty as we're recording this. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, you'll know what happens with the Buffalo Sabers. So that's bad pos- yeah. podcasting on our side. I'm root- I am rooting for the Sabers tonight. I would prefer if the Sabers got it out of the way before they played. Especially the if it was against the Lehman Yo. It's a win-win situation for us here at Blue Shirt. Yes, Parkway. and Huge. especially considering the moves the Flyers have made in the last 24 hours in order to quote unquote make their team better. Even though I don't know, it didn't make their team better. You could say it categorically made their team worse. Um, it's tough, but if the Rangers. I think it's important to remember everything about the New York Rangers. Number one thing is they are the youngest team in hockey. There is no team younger than the New York Rangers. When you're the youngest team in hockey, consistency is hard to come by. We've we've seen the Rangers be world beaters. We've seen the Rangers, for some reason, not show up on a given night. We've seen the Rangers not show up on a given night against the Buffalo Sabres this year. Uh, It's... I don't think you can take anything away from these two games. If if the Rangers win both, if the Rangers split them, if the Rangers lose both, I, I at first brush, I don't think there's a significant takeaway. The Rangers will be heavily favored in both games, which is going to be different for them. Um, but no, I, I'm not apprehensive. I'm not worried. I don't know if it's just because it's just that time of year where I'm honestly distracted by other things. So I'm, not a hundred percent. I think we've just also been in the mindset level. the entire season that the Rangers would have a very hard time making the playoffs. And even now, you know, I, I think they had, they had to win their last couple. They've been playing very well. I've been very happy with how the New York Rangers have performed. I know the whole weekend was a disaster. Uh, the Rangers probably would have had to win one of those two games. They did not. And Boston's well, going to have yeah, to slow down. I, it's going to be a really yeah, tough. I mean, th- we're, we're talking about how bad the Flyers have been, and there's a realistic chance that the Rangers could finish ahead of the Flyers, but you'd still need the Bruins to also continue on the current track that they are on. And oh, Man, I'm looking just, at the standings right now. I don't see it happening. As yeah, we, the Bruins have three games in hand on the Rangers, and they're still five, five points, points ahead. ahead. Yeah, it's, so it's a it's, lot, man. Yeah, it, the Flyers being as bad as they are makes us all kind of sit up a little bit and go, oh, that's that's certainly interesting, but... It's not just the Flyers that have to keep playing like trash. And while I think the Flyers will, Rangers need a lot of help. The the Bruins have only played 32 games. They've won 18 of them. It's not like the Bruins, even if the Bruins play 500, the Rangers will have to play something like The Bruins are in single-digit regulation losses. That's a a really good team, man. Damn. The Rangers themselves will have to play something like 700 hockey to catch the Boston Bruins. And that, even if the Rangers... Even if this wasn't Kako a couple, Kako's going to have to go world beater, become everything no, he's not ever just, been. Not just not just Kako. I mean, as much as we all love Igor, he can't play every game. And as much as we love Keith, Georgiev will need to play like an actual hockey goal, NHL caliber goalie. Yep. If the Rangers want to win at a 700 clip, because it just Igor could go undefeated in his games. It's still going to matter what the Rangers do on nights when Igor isn't playing. I know. I, and can Ryan Strom stay this hot? Really, truly, he's playing the best hockey of his career right now, and he's been the, one of the most. He's been the most consistent center on the team. Okay, and it's hard to imagine 
him staying as hot as he has over the past 10 games. I think he's, what is he, a 10-game point streak right now? Unbelievable stuff from Ryan Strom after we spent the beginning of the year just slandering up and down for missing every net possible. If he he hit some of those nets, he'd be having one of the best seasons of any player in the NHL this year. Uh, One of, it's worth talking about, one of the, one of the, uh, Thoror brothers, good friends of the show, both of them, um, asked us today, at what point do we stop putting Ryan Strom in trade offers and admit that he's probably as good of a 2C as you could expect the Rangers to acquire? And it's, honestly, it's a fair question. Strom's making it hard for me to sit here and say that the Rangers can do better than him. Um, oh, I agree. Totally right now. And he's, he's, the other thing is he's proven it without Panarin. Like, Panarin was gone, and he still played like this. Which, yeah. The, the real question is, I guess, um, if the Rangers think they can get a first-round pick for Ryan Strom, I'd still say trade him. I, I, I'm not overly worried about that. I'd also say if the New York Rangers were trying to acquire a more talented center, someone like Jack Eichel, Ryan Strom's doing a hell of a lot for the Rangers to be like, we will take this guy and we're giving you a proven top six quantity back in return. So Ryan Strom's doing a, like... Ryan Strom's making it to a point where would I trade Ryan Strom for someone like not necessarily Eric Stahl because the age wouldn't match up. But right. A a middle six center currently playing for a different team. Would I would I trade him for Boy, this is hard. I'm really trying to think of Yeah, I don't have a good a example good ex- right now cuz Strom's contract is with the, with the with the only the one year left or the year and a half is Yeah, but that this is this is one of the moments where the bridge is actually working in the Rangers benefit because they can dangle him in trades and possibly get someone they like more in return. Um, again, the contract doesn't make sense, but like the, the caliber of a JG Pajot, a guy we like to talk about on this show. Mm-hmm. Do I, I think Strom is better than Pajot. I do. Would I want to trade Strom for that caliber of center? No. But if I'm getting, it's not that there's a limited window of players I'd trade him for. I, I think there are, I don't think Strom's one of the top 50 centers in the NHL, even with the ridiculous pace that he's on right now. And he's, he's playing great. It's no, it's no knock on him. Um, he, he is making the Daniel Murphy comparison totally apt because we reached a point with Daniel Murphy where Met fans had to come to terms with the, well, would you want Murph long-term? Would you want Murph as your second baseman for a while? And the fan base was 50-50 and then Murph left and became an MVP. And the fan base ate itself alive. Uh, it's 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 tough. I can't sit here and say for sure. I know that if the Rangers had a chance to get Jack Eichel, I would put Ryan Strom in that trade. No 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 question about it. And I think that it, it Ryan Strom is playing himself into an ability where the Buffalo Sabers might actually be interested in Ryan Strom. I don't think you could ever sell Ryan Strom as like the second coming of Jack Eichel to your fans, but you could at least tell your fans like, here's a guy who's had over 100 points in the last two seasons. He's no slouch. He can actually do something for us. He's a guy that can help us win sooner. Um, but if the Rangers were just looking for a sideways move with Ryan Strom, I, I, I think he's outplayed that value. I, I, I will say this. If there was ever a first offer for Ryan Strom, there wasn't. They would have taken it. It, it absolutely yes. would have happened. And uh, I think they got offered a second 
and maybe a prospect, and that wasn't good enough for them. They wanted the first, and I don't blame them. Whatsoever. I don't. I don't know if they even got a. I think they would have taken a second for him if it was offered. I really don't think they got any. I think they might have gotten the Eric Stahl offer that we third saw, and the fifth, third and a fifth. No, yeah, Strom's just I, too much value. Otherwise, he, he just, but we also have to remember that there was a chance that where the New York Rangers were just going to walk away. from There Ryan was Strom a couple entirely. days where Strom wasn't just going to be like they were just a free him. agent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was it. So it's. It, it's tough. I think Ryan Strom has done enough and has earned enough respect from Ranger fans and even us. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to pop jokes off when he misses an open net because the memes are too good. The jokes are um, too good. That's for sure. The jokes jokes are too good. It's it's difficult. It's a fair question. If the Rangers think they can get Jack Eichel, Ryan Strom will 100% be involved in that trade. And I do think there's a class of center you trade Ryan Strom for. That is a clear upgrade, but it's getting harder and harder to think of trading Strom just for. I wouldn't. I think we're at a point now where I don't think I'd trade him for future assets because one, the if they're well, if he's gone. Who's the first round pick? Like Hedl hasn't really been himself since he broke his hand, and I I think that is really evident. Seriously, uh, he can't take faceoffs. I think his wrist shot's been a little different. Yeah, he had that beautiful, beautiful breakaway, but he hasn't been the same player we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year, and that's he's healing from an injury that's very serious. And now Mika Zvidijad's come back to where he was, for sure. It's You need the center depth. It's really important. Those three guys are super important to your team. I'm holding on to Ryan Strom all of next year, especially if we're making a playoff push. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe we can offer him a deal that he'll accept. We'll, we're going to have a lot of uh, conversations over the next couple months about giving Adam Fox a deal and giving Eeyore Shesterkin a deal. And a lot of other players we love deals and how the cap's going to work. And we're definitely getting a hockey stat minor run for those. So we'll have to talk it all out. But before we get out of here, Gregory, um, this is the last time we'll talk on record before the season mm. starts for the Mets. And there's no negotiating oh. at that point. It does it get oh, done? No, I, I think I think we're we're thoroughly cooked uh, at this moment. Do I think it means that Lindor will not be a Met come Christmas of next year? No, I think enough work has been done where either Lindor has an MVP caliber season and the Mets meet his demand or Lindor doesn't quite explode the way he thought he would being in New York and he meets the Mets demand. I I don't think come opening day 2022, Francisco Lindor will be a New York Met. I'm pretty still very confident about that. The Mets um, got to December with David Wright when he was a free agent they didn't sign Mike Piazza immediately to an extension when they traded for him. Uh, Jacob DeGrom went down to the wire for opening day before the Mets got a deal done with him. The, I'm not worried about Lindor not being a Met. I am stunned that they're not getting anything done before the season began, just for the free publicity that it would have been. But uh, no, I, I'm going to be upset about it for a couple weeks, and then Lindor is going to be great, and I'm sure every week I'll be reminded that he's not extended yet, but the Mets will at least be winning, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I, hey, listen, I, I took over 90 and a half. I, I, have, I know. I know. I have schmeckles. I have schmeckles on that. I also, I should say, this, this is a little teaser. We, we have a new thing coming for our Patreon subscribers called Gambling with Greg, where <laughs> I'm going to introduce you all to my lifestyle of a gambler. But there are, there are four other teams that I have over-under bets on. I like the Marlins over 71 and a half. I, think, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're better than – they're not going to lose 90 games. They're too good. I, I, I don't think they're like a star-level team. I don't think they're going to be a 500 team. But I, I have a hard time believing that Marlins team 
is going to lose 90 games. Uh, I like the over on the A's. I think it's they're the best team in the NL AL West. I their number was 86 and a half. I'm a big fan of that number. Uh, I like the under on the Blue Jays. I don't understand the hype. I don't get it. They're either. already down. They're already down Springer. Yep. They're already down Robbie Ray. Once you get past Ryu in that rotation, that's a lot of Steven Matz. And I'm a guy who watched a lot of Steven Matz. I the lineup is going to be good regardless of who's in it. But you need you're, you're not going to win every game ten to nine. So I don't think they're going to win 87 games this year. And I also took the Reds under. I just I think they're going to blow it up at some point this season. I even if they're playing 500 baseball, I think at some point. Castillo might get traded. Uh, Sonny Gray might get traded. Suarez might get traded. I, I think that team gets broken up. So I don't see them playing over 500 baseball this year. And those are the four I feel best about, for sure. I love it. Uh, one day again, we'll do we'll do some over-unders. Maybe we'll do an MLB preview in a couple weeks. Who knows? Stay tuned, everybody. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for it. Stay tuned, everybody. That's BSBOT for today. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. It means a huge difference to Greg and I. Uh, a lot of big announcements to come in the next couple weeks. Follow me on Twitter at Over I mean, Follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back next Tuesday morning. Love you guys. Bye.